Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Let's listen to the Word of God. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for teaching all of us, Lord, the Word and helping us to know how to walk with the Holy Spirit, Lord. I believe, Father, that this series of messages help us very important to know how to walk with the Holy Spirit, how to be led by the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I'd like to read Romans chapter 8, 14 to 16 one more time. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. How many people are sons and daughters of God? The word sons means mature. Mature sons and daughters. When the Bible talks about children, it means immature children of God. But mature people can be led by the Spirit. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cried out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. We have learned in the past 26 sermons. In English, I already taught 26 sermons. This one and two more, I'm done with this series. So I hope you go back and listen to the whole series. I go slowly so that you can understand. We learn that the way the Holy Spirit leads us or talks to us is by we call witnessing. He is our co-witness. Our spirit is a witness. What is right, what is wrong. And the Holy Spirit is a co-witness. He bears witness with our spirit. I can use the terminology, spiritual sense. We have the spiritual sense on the inside. What we need to do, where we need to go. Or another word, besides witness and also sense, I want to say supernatural knowing. We can know the will of God inside here by the witness of the Holy Spirit. In this way, we can be at the right place at the right time and relate to the right people at the right moment. And we can avoid getting into the wrong place at the wrong time and get into a big trouble or even losing our own life. If we are led by the Spirit, we're going to be at the right place at the right time every time. And we will be productive and fruitful. I also mentioned in the past sermons the sentence called, It Seemed Good. The Bible used the sentence, it seemed good so many times in the book of Acts. It seemed good basically or spiritually means I agree and the Holy Spirit agree with me. I agree with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit agrees with me. Acts chapter 15, 22. Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them to send to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. Judas called Barsabbas and Silas leading men among the brethren. The elders and the apostles of Jerusalem church wanted to send men 
to give the message to them. And it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and it seemed good to them to choose these men. They pray, they listen to God, and eventually they agree with the leading of the Holy Spirit. One, two, three, four, five. These people will go to Antioch. Acts 15.22 It seemed good to us having become of one mind to select men to send to you with our brothers Barnabas and Paul. How many people have this experience that you want to do something and you feel, you have the sense it seemed good to do this. When I asked Pastor Helmut to come here I sense in my spirit it seemed good to invite the pastor and his wife to come and spend time with us for a few months to record the teaching. And they feel the same thing. It seemed good to them. They say, yes, Lord, I will come. It seemed good. Amen. In Acts chapter 15, verse 28, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than this essentials. Again, it seemed good. This is the business of the same good, which means the Holy Spirit bear witness inside us, inward sense, inward knowing, and we agree with God. Acts chapter 15, 34 to 35. But it seemed good to Silas to remain there, but Paul and Barnabas stay in Antioch teaching and preaching with many others, also the word of the Lord. That is in ASB. Let me read New King James Version in verse 34 again. However, it seemed good to Silas to remain there in Antioch. What happened? A group of men went to Antioch to deliver the message from the apostles and the elders of Jerusalem church. And after they finished the work, the ministry or the assignment, they have the right to pack their luggage and go home, go back to Jerusalem. Most men left, except Silas, Paul, and Barnabas. And the Bible emphasized for Silas, by the witness of the Holy Spirit on the inside of them, he said, it seemed good, I should stay longer. Did he hear the audible voice? No. Did he see a vision? No. Did he see an angel? No. But deep inside, would the witness of the Holy Spirit say, you stay longer. Did he understand why? No. Did God tell him the reason why? No. This is why when you walk by faith, you may not understand everything. When God tells you part of the story, you don't have to worry, you just follow. You may not understand everything. That is the, we call the walking by faith. If you see everything from the beginning to the end, you don't have to walk by faith anymore. You don't need to see the whole thing. Silas did not understand the whole thing. But what happened? He was there at the right time, at the right place, for the right new assignment. Acts chapter 15, 40-41. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Silas was there at the right time. Everybody else left. And Paul happened to look for a partner or for a co-worker on the missionary trip. 
So he turned to Silas, "Thank God you are here. Let's go together." So God knew Paul's needs. He need a partner to travel with him, and Silas listened to God and stayed there, and he was able to join this important missionary trip. My dear brother, sister, you don't need to see something spectacular. You don't need to see a vision. I'm not against vision. Actually, people can see visions, see angels, see Jesus with their own eyes. Get to heaven like Pastor James Durham. He went up to heaven, and you can have a dreams and vision and fall into the trance. All these are spectacular leading of the Holy Spirit. Are they common? No, they are not common. Do they happen to everybody? No. Some of us. May go through the whole life without seeing a vision, without having a dream, or seeing an angel. Is it wrong that we don't see a vision? No. If you never see the vision of the whole life, you never go to heaven the whole life to see Jesus there. It doesn't mean that you are unspiritual. It doesn't mean that there is anything wrong with you spiritually, because the most common way. That the Holy Spirit leads you is not spectacular leading. The most common way is the witness of the Holy Spirit here, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and all the time that the Lord can witness in your spirit and talk to you. Thank God for the spectacular sign, amen. But even with the spectacular sign, you need to be careful. In our life, we should not elevate our experiences or spectacular experiences, such as vision, dream, falling into the trance, or anything in our life above the word of God. We should not elevate anything above the word of God. In other words, we have two witnesses in our life. And everything that happened in our life, whether my sermon, other people's sermon, the book you read, the TV program, the YouTube program, the prophecy, the dreams and the visions, anything in your life, you must judge them with the word and with the witness of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Don't be a dumb Christian. To follow everything people say, or to believe in everything come out in the YouTube, or any preacher or any book. When you read any Christian book, check with the Bible. Check with the witness of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, because you cannot believe in everything people say. That's how I live. I don't believe everything. I check with the Bible. And I check with the witness of the Holy Spirit on the inside, and that's how we should live. We have the good book, the Bible, and we have the Holy Spirit on the inside. And if the Holy Spirit has said to you, "It seemed good," and the Bible say, "Yes, it's correct," then you follow. But even Pastor Lau preach something that is not biblical, and the Holy Spirit in you. Does not witness in your heart that I am right. You can just ignore my preaching. You don't need to follow me. We have the same Holy Spirit. 
if the Spirit of God speak through me something, the same Holy Spirit in you will say, it seems good. Yes, believe in what he say. You see, we have two witnesses, the Bible and the Spirit of God on the inside here. Today I'm going to talk about the Apostle Paul a little bit, about his traveling ministry. He is a missionary. He is a prophet, apostle, teacher, and evangelist at the same time. He gets a lot of people saved. So look at what happened to him. I'm going to learn from him today the lesson from the Apostle Paul. Acts chapter 20, verses 22 to 23. And see now, I go bowed in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. Paul traveled to many cities and many churches. And every time he got to some place, the Holy Spirit was moving and he got the word from God, either through prophecy or himself. The word from God or the witness of the Holy Spirit in people's life telling him what happened and in him say, you're going to go to Jerusalem one of these days and you're going to face tribulation and chains and prison. That's what he heard all the time. Everywhere he went, he heard this that he's going to be thrown in jail. I believe that if this happened to you, if you go to different city, go to different care groups, and then people say, I have a prophecy for you. One day, you're going to go to Indonesia, and you're going to be arrested, and you're going to be on an electric chair. I believe that some of you may say, oh, I'm not going to go to Indonesia forever. Forget about that country. I believe that that's how you feel. Yeah, if I go to Indonesia, I'm going to be on electric chair because I preached the gospel. Let's look at verse 24. Okay, again, the Bible say, I, now I go bow in the spirit, verse 22, to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. Was Paul going to Jerusalem? Yes. Was it confirmed in his spirit that he must go to Jerusalem? Yes. That's why the Bible used the word, I go bowed in the spirit, which means I am convinced that I need to go to Jerusalem. Look at verse 24. Wow, I like Paul. He's a man of faith. He's a man who knows his God. I want you to be like that. A man and a woman who knows your God and very strong faith. He said, but none of these things, the tribulations, the chain and the prison, move me. Nothing moved me. Persecution will not move me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy. The ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. So we learn from this story that there are times, listen carefully, there are times that God show you in your spirit or through the word of prophecy that troubles are coming. You're going to face trouble if you get there. But that message in your spirit, the leading is to stop you from going there. There are times like that. Don't go there. You're going to be killed in the accident. Like what happened to our brother here who say, don't drive three minutes. I chair last Sunday. 
Three minutes, don't leave the house yet. And what happened? The car accident happened a few minutes in front of him. That is the message to protect him from going into a big car accident. But there are times also that God tells you in your spirit, the witness of the spirit inside, you're going to face trouble there. And then he stopped and have a blank behind. You're going to face the trouble in that city. And dot, 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 dot. But it doesn't mean that you don't go. It's just preparing you to face the problem. You see? So there are two ways. Protection that don't go and tell you with dot, 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 dot behind and say you go anyway. But I want to warn you, get ready for the negative problem Paul knew in his heart. Because the first prophecy that came to him in Acts chapter 9 said this. Acts 9, 10 to 16. When he got saved at the road to Damascus, he saw a man named Ananias. And God spoke through Ananias about his life. Acts chapter 9, 10 to 16. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. After Paul got touched by the fire of God, on that road he became blinded. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go! For he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. So in other words, Paul is going to preach in front of Caesar, in front of the king. He's going to have to go to Rome. He's going to go there to be killed there. He's going to get into trouble there. For I will show him how Many things he must suffer for my name's sake. God already said he's going to face trouble in his ministry. It doesn't mean that Paul should not do anything with the ministry. This is just a warning to prepare him for a big problem that will come later on. The Bible says Paul must suffer for my name's sake. My question is, did Paul suffer from sickness and disease? No. Did Paul suffer from being broke? No. I show you the scripture. Paul was never broke financially. Paul was not really sick. Paul was so strong, traveling all over the land. In Acts chapter 28, verse 30, it confirmed that Paul was not broke financially. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house. And welcome all who came to see him. Two years, he has his own rented house. He has money to pay rent. He did not cheat rented money. Not only that, he has enough money to feed people who come to his house, to give, to bless people, to minister to people. He was not broke. 
he was not sick. Not only that, he wrote in the Bible, the book of Philippians, God shall supply all of my needs. What was he suffering for? He was suffering for tribulation and persecutions because he preached the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit told him that he's going to suffer chains, prison and tribulation. Now, on his missionary trip, he heard the same message again. In Acts chapter 21, verse 4, the Bible says, Finding the disciples there, we stayed with them seven days. Through the Spirit, they urged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. Not to go on to Jerusalem. The disciple heard from the Holy Spirit, the witness inside, and gave him prophecy. Hey, if you go to Jerusalem, you're going to get into trouble. I urge you not to go. Okay, listen carefully. These people were not prophet. They were just regular members of the church. But they heard from the Holy Spirit, if Paul went to Jerusalem, he's going to get into trouble. Acts chapter 21 verse 10. After we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Archibus came down from Judea. Verse 11, when he had come to us, this is a real prophet of God, very well-known prophet in that generation. He took Paul's belt, bowed his own hand and feet, and said, thus say the Holy Spirit, Paul, you must not go to Jerusalem. Is that right? Huh? What did he say? Thus say the Lord, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bow the man who own his belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Archibus, the prophet, say, in Jerusalem, you're going to be arrested. You're going to be tied and sent to Rome to be killed there. You're going to be meeting the king there. But this is the way you're going to go. You're going to go with chain in your hand. In Jerusalem, you're going to be bowed. Archibus Say, you're going to be bowed, you're going to be in tribulation, dot, dot, dot. He did not say more than that. Okay? Verse 12. Now when we heard these things, both we, Paul's team, and those from that place pleaded with him, with Paul, not to go up to Jerusalem. So after all these people heard from the regular member, don't go, the Holy Spirit say you're going to be in trouble, the real prophet said, you're going to be bowed. You're going to be in trouble in Jerusalem. So everyone said, don't go, don't go. They pleaded with Paul. Look at verse 13 and 14. Then Paul answered, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bowed, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So when he would not be persuaded, Paul was not persuaded by these people. Not go. He said, I'm ready to die. I'm ready to go to Jerusalem. God called me to go there. I'm going to go. Okay? He said, I'm ready. So after they could not persuade him, we cease to stop, saying, the will of the Lord be done. The Lord told Paul since Acts chapter 9, He's going to suffer many things. Suffer many, many persecutions and tribulations. 
And when he came to Acts chapter 21 here, let me read from TLB, verse 4. We went ashore, found the local believers, and stayed with them a week. This disciple warned Paul, the Holy Spirit prophesying through them, not to go on to Jerusalem. In Amplified Bible, prompted by the Holy Spirit, they kept telling Paul not to set foot in Jerusalem. Now I'm going to come to the practical point. After hearing all this story, we need to discern between perception and interpretation. You can perceive what God tells you inside with dot, dot, dot behind the message or the witness of the Holy Spirit. The teaching today, this is the way to be led by the Holy Spirit. You have to be careful not to put or to fill in the blanks, the dot, dot behind. This disciple heard Paul going to be in trouble. They fill in the blank, the dot, dot behind. They add, don't go to Jerusalem because you're going to be arrested. So the message today is that differentiate between perception. You may perceive something in your spirit. You may get something in your spirit. For example, you may get something in your spirit. One day, you're going to be a worship leader in New Hope International Church. One day, you're going to be a pastor. And then dot, 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 dot. You get something with dot, 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 dot behind, the blank. And you begin to say, oh, I can add on. I'm going to be a pastor tomorrow. Pastor Lau has to appoint me tomorrow. I'm ready. But the Lord put dot, 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 dot. He did not say tomorrow. He lived it years down the road. That's happened to me. When I got into revival or the file of God, an evangelist prophesied on me. She laid hand on me. And she said, you're going to be a revivalist. You're going to be the man who take the file of God to the nations. And it did not happen for many years. It did not happen right away. She just prophesied, but I did not fill in the blank with my own idea. You may sense something, but don't add in your own interpretation, what it means, when it should be done, and how it should be done. Please leave the dots for God to fill up. This is what happened to Paul. Paul said, I'm going to face trouble in Jerusalem. Dot, 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 dot. But deep in his spirit, he knows he has to go to Jerusalem. But the disciples say, don't go. They put in behind, fill in the blank. Therefore, you have to be careful. You may perceive something right from the Holy Spirit. But your interpretation of the message or the application can be wrong. And then you totally miss the will of God. Or sometimes you get message from God and you get excited. You get so excited and you jump ahead of God and do the things without waiting on the Lord. Therefore, to be led by the Spirit, you need to understand this. You need to watch your own heart. You need to be humble. You must not fill in the blank. You must not try to interpret the message on your own ability. You must wait on the Lord. 
and make sure that you know exactly what he wants you to do. If you don't know, ask him. If he doesn't tell you, you just wait on the Lord instead of jumping in. He may tell you to do something. Maybe he tell you one day you're going to be a missionary in Indonesia. You have to wait on the Lord until he tell you what to do. Amen. This is how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Everyone say perception. Everyone say application. Interpretation. Direction. You receive, you perceive, or you have perception. And then interpretation, have to be very careful. Don't add your own interpretation. And because if you add the wrong interpretation, you may have a wrong application and have a wrong leading and you miss God totally because you run your own life now, you don't follow Him. Let me read one scripture before I end here. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. I will read from New King James and from King James. But let this also first be tested. Then let them serve as deacons, being found blameless. In King James Version say, And let this, this means these members, also first be proved. Then let them use the office of a deacon, being found blameless. What I try to say is this. God may speak to you about something. God may say, one day you're going to be a pastor. One day you're going to be a care group leader. One day you may be a missionary. This is the gift, the calling on your life. Maybe you become a singer up here, singing in the worship team, whatever God calls you to do. But the principle of God is this. You don't jump in right away. You wait for God's timing. Why you are waiting? Because you're not ready anyway. Your maturity, not ready. Your faith is not ready. Your understanding is not ready. Why you are waiting for the prophecy or for the witness of the Holy Spirit to come through during that period, maybe years, maybe months, what you need to do? You need to prove your life. That's why the Bible says there must be proof first. Proof in what? Three things. F-A-T. Faithful, available, teachable. God going to watch you. When I first came to America, I met one gentleman at Harborview Hospital. He's a Christian man. And he said that God called him to be a preacher. And he wants to be a preacher right now. But he did not do anything with FAT. He never go to church. He never been available to anybody. He just keep working and making money. Whatever he got, he think that God called him to be a preacher, it will never happen. Because he's not faithful, he's not available, and he's not teachable. If you want to be used by God, you are faithful. You show up in the church every Sunday, unless you're out of town, or you get tied up with your family, something happened. Otherwise, I am here, I'm faithful. You show up in a care group, you are available, you are teachable. If you prove your life, you get tested by God. Are you faithful? Are you goofy? You just do whatever you want. Are you very faithful in little things that God called you to do? And you are available anytime, God, I am available. And if God corrects you, 
tested you and say, hey, hey, wrong, wrong, wrong. You say, I'm repent, I'm sorry, Lord. God tests you. If you can do all these three things, one of these days, at the right timing, the calling of God in your life, the anointing in your life will rise up and God can use you in a powerful way. Amen? Everyone say faithful. Everyone say available. Everyone say teachable. If God really called you to do something and you're faithful, available, and teachable, no man can stand between you and God. Your calling shall be fulfilled at the right time. And number two, your gifts, your anointing will make room for you. There's something going to happen, but you should be available, faithful, correctable, teachable, and pass all the tests and prove yourself, Lord, you can trust me. You can trust me. I'm not a goofy guy. And when God says, yes, I can trust you. You have proven your life for five years, ten years. Now I will raise you up. And now you flow in the anointing of the Lord. And you can do great things for him. Amen? So today, lesson learned. Number one, conclusion. God may warn you about something bad happened so that you can avoid it. Or two, God may warn you something that's going to happen, but it doesn't mean you have to stop doing that. You just follow. It's just a preparation to face the hardship. Two, don't fill in the blank. Whatever God tells you, stop there. Don't add. Three, be careful with your interpretation of the message in your heart. Don't have your own interpretation. Four, wait on the Lord. Pass the test, prove yourself, and wait on the Lord. Even the message of God comes to you to do something, it may not happen at that minute. It may take some time. Wait on the Lord. Amen? Father, we thank you so much for teaching us how to be led by the Holy Spirit, by the lesson of the life of the Apostle Paul, Lord. We learn so much today, Lord. We learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to be mature, grow up spiritually, that we will not do our own things, we will not have our own interpretation and application of our own life. We're going to follow the Holy Spirit faithfully, Lord. We thank you, Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. You learned something today? We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty.